Hey, Alice. Hi, Ponders. So I don't think you've seen Rogue One since the last time we talked about it. Um, no, that's correct. This will be my this will be my um, monthly rewatch. All right. Well, it's going to be a monthly rewatch for me as well. And for the listeners at home, what Alice and I decided is with this being the second anniversary of Rogue One, Rogue One is turning two. Two um, years old. Yay. We decided that we wanted to record a whole commentary track for the film. So there will be a ding that sounds like this. And when you hear that ding play again, that means you need to hit play on your on your copy of Rogue One. Uh, we will also play the intro sting, just so that you can sync that part up and make sure that it's it's lined up with the film and you can you know fits around with it. We're gonna do our best to <laughs> to also be in synchronized with each other. Uh, but yeah, we're thinking that maybe we'll do this every year. Uh, let it evolve with us as we learn more about the film. And yeah, Alice, do you have anything to say? Uh, no, just uh, I guess maybe before we started, just wanted to say uh, to anybody who, who cares to listen to our voices over a film for two hours and 15 minutes, uh, thank you. We, uh, we appreciate you. And uh, happy birthday, Rogue One. And uh, because it'll take you a long time to get to the end of the podcast, I guess we'll throw it in now. Uh, you can follow the show at Rogue Fun Pod on Twitter or at Rogue Fun Podcast on Tumblr, uh, where we post gifts and all the kinds of wonderful things. And uh, we also have a Discord that you can join. There are links to that all over our Twitter, or you can uh, email us at roguefunpodcast uh, at gmail.com. So, yeah. All right, without further ado, let's get started. Lucasfilm is fading in. Yes. Okay. And then... Lucasfilm landed. A long time ago, in a galaxy, in a galaxy far, far, far away. away. Did you just have the sting? Yeah. Okay. We are watching Rogue One. So I know that, we. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say that that where the 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 light comes to a point there is very reminiscent of a star destroyer point coming in, like that. Did you did you notice it? It was like a triangle in the middle of the screen, as if it was about to be a star destroyer. But it's yeah, that, the it's rings. I had never seen that before. That does look like that. This is this is one of my favorite openings in a Star Wars is the rings and how they film light in space is just so good. Yeah. And they continue that throughout the film. It's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. It, uh, it shows up again later when the, when we have the death star merge and the star destroyer merge and, and the actual to star destroyer. Yeah. There's running Jin. Oh, Oh, blue milk. (laughs) (laughs) 
I love how the color of the ship blends perfectly into the the black loam of the of the uh, beach there. Yeah, yeah, it almost hides there for a moment. Yeah, and the the uh, black uh, death troopers will come in as well, but and Krennic all in white will stand out so much. Mm. I love you too, Papa. Oh, he's so distraught. Actually, you know, I never added to the color theory the fact that their home is white and he emerges from their white home in his dark robes and Krennic has his home, in air quotes, in the black ship and emerges from it in white so that Ooh. they are literally the yin and yang of this of this world. They are the balance across from each other. That's beautiful. Yeah, they are two. They are two sides of the same coin, really, um, and their long relationship and the familiarity they they experience here um, that that we get to experience here is the two of them are they're they had similar backgrounds and similar training and and they they were both both worked for the empire. But one of them is a good man standing up for his family, and the other one is a morally corrupt man who is working for himself. They, I mean, they're yeah, they're just they're they're I guess just two different outcomes of of people in this world who grow up under the thumb of the empire. You yeah. could turn out like Krennic, you could turn out like Galen. I mean, those aren't your only two options. but Because your third option is you could turn up like Jin. <laughs> you could turn up like Jin. <laughs> I love, it's a small detail, but I love that the wind blows against the back of Krennic and in the face of, of Galen. It's literally blowing the stormtroopers forward. It's pushing them on. I really love that. <laughs> I don't know how much control that the filmmakers have over that, but it makes that shot so aesthetically pleasing. Yeah, like they're like they are a force or a storm coming in to ruin Galen's life. Yeah. It's a miracle. I don't think we ever dug into he he says that they'll live as heroes of the empire and obviously he's he's speaking kind of you know around the situation that's going on um but uh what what does he mean by heroes how does he perceive heroes of the empire um 
I'm just curious about that. I uh, think thinking about his character going on the rest of the film. I think he because he he wants Galen to come back voluntarily and and willingly to build this Death Star and, and become a, a hero to literally become like a household name of the empire as somebody who's like, Oh, well it's Galen Urso's invention. It's his death star. And that the Urso family could in fact be, you know, like elevated by this. I think he, he means that if you come back willingly and not as hostages, if I, if you just choose to come with me, you and your family will be elevated and celebrated but yeah. if I have to take you by force, then well, maybe you might you might Being end hostages. up as hostages. Yeah, the, I, I also think the use of the word hero here particularly reminds me of later when they destroy Jedha City, and he says, "Oh, it's beautiful." It's, it's a very positive word for what he is actually asking them to do. It's a very yeah um, corrupted worldview that he has put uh, into his mind. So yeah, I think he's being deliberately deliberately um euphemistic in that he's he's trying really hard to to make everything sound better like that's his his maybe his like method of control is to make everything sound better and more important than it is that's maybe how he's elevated his his own self is making himself feel better and more important than he is that that's actually a good point yeah I just realized that my singing may not line up with with precisely where you're watching this. It's just it was like just off enough that I couldn't sing along with you. But that's okay. I can cut that part out. And then, and then you mentioned this is something that it never occurred to me when watching this, but that she was dreaming of, of her childhood, of yeah. and this was her waking up. I never noticed that until you had mentioned it. It's very yeah. brilliant detail. I think part of that too was she gets uh, the water dripping on her head and she wipes it away. Reminded me a lot too of that, um, of of how I've spoken about how humid the planet Lemu is and how. Galen Urso's dripping wet, everybody's dripping wet and right. sweating. And that maybe something about that environment she's in where she has to wipe water from her face when she wakes up has sent her like sense memory back to that moment. Part of and being locked in a cage and being in a hole. And like she's just maybe she's just constantly reminded of of those. She's in, yeah, she's she's back in a cage, she's trapped in a hole, the only one way out. It reminds her of when she had to wait in that hole for Saw to come save her and on a, in a place where she's humid and dripping wet and sweating. And that's, yeah, I think it's like a sense memory thing triggered that dream for her. Hmm. There he is. There's my boy. Yeah. I really want to know what happened to his arm. 
Yeah, also, it occurred to me that Mendo gets shot, uh, or <laughs> Mendo doesn't get shot, <laughs> Krennic gets <laughs> shot, uh, and that, that is, it's like a wound that never comes up again. I guess it just grazes his shoulder, but. Yeah, hits him right in the, um, in the, uh, left shoulder, like, but yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't ache him or, or hurt him later. He just kind of like, ugh, ow, find them, you know, but this guy's got a wicked arm injury, uh, I really want to know what happened. It's an interesting character choice. Yeah. I'll never get out of here. <laughs> he's he's yeah. I, I always just think of him as such a such a whiner. He just has no sense of uh sense of his moment. Oh no. Oh yeah. that's so sad. And look at his face. And then he resigns himself to it. Um, grits his teeth a little bit. He starts climbing. And climbs out. And it's that you learned so much from, I mean, he spoke what? Like, like three lines in that scene. Yeah. And the rest was all facial expressions. And you'll learn everything you need to know about where Cassian is at this point in his life. He's, he does these things without thinking. He does what he has to do. He thinks about it afterwards, but only for a moment. He doesn't allow himself to get sidetracked. He just climbs out. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, it's really interesting. This guy, this guy made an appearance solo. Made appearance in solo. Did he? Yeah, he did. I had no idea. Forgot his name. Um, with the uh, with the tubes coming out of his face. Huh. He was in uh in the at the end of solo uh with the um the group that was uh, run by uh, Emphis Nest. He uh, um, cool. I saw him right away. I was like, oh my god, it's the guy from Rogue One. <laughs> Is it? Is it the same species or the same the same character? I believe it's supposed to be the same character. Interesting. Um, but I don't. I mean, I they don't call him by name in either film, so I don't know. Right. But I think it's. I think it was meant to be the same character. Yeah. I also this, that links that links Emphasis and and the solo movies to the partisan movement and to the rebellion. Right. I also never saw the statue of the Jedi <laughs> until you pointed it out to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it blends kind of, kind of blends in with the sand and is clearly like worn down from from years of being of being torn to the ground. But um, I wonder if it was torn to the ground or knocked to the ground deliberately by the Empire. I mean, there's so there's so much here that can be uh, extrapolated. I actually think between the the broken arm and the fallen statue, you bring up a good point of we're coming into a world that's broken. Um, yeah. Like everything in this world has problems and things going on. And that's just kind of the world that, as it is. There's there's nothing whole about the world like we get in the beginning of A New Hope where Luke kind of has a sense of how his life goes. And he's missing something, but it's not something that's inherently broken in his world it's just a longing that he has for an adventure uh whereas these characters are just living amidst um brokenness (laughs) (laughs) on the inside of her jacket's red oh my goodness i never noticed that i don't know if it's important but it stands out it's all important please do not resist he says (laughs) okay
those old looking computer panels. I know we actually commented on it in the last episode, but I I just love the set detail of using the glass images as they did in the original. Uh, yeah. Book. Yeah. That plus the showing the temples of Yavin and, and that, um, that loading bay there is like a, like yeah, you, you know where, where we are. And, and it's, if you were in doubt up until now of when this movie takes place, this removes all that doubt altogether. Exactly. Cause it doesn't put a year on it. It doesn't say, you know, three days before the events of a new hope or whatever. Right. But this, <laughs> this shot of Mon Mothma standing in front of the glass and the inclusion of, of all of this old tech. Yeah. is like, you know, you know where we are and what we're doing here. This right. is, it's very deliberate. Where's my husband. I think mention of her father makes her sad. Mention of Saw makes her angry. And I know that's a passage of time thing. She's angry at Saw because his abandonment of her was so recent. She's upset and like wants to block out memory of her father because it happened so long ago. But it's her actual father. I don't know. It's hmm. a, her reaction to hearing Saw's name like angers her. She gets mad here. Right. I don't know if we've ever talked about this because it, it's more about the film as a whole, but I, I was, it just occurred to me specifically in this scene, because the scene really kind of sets up what the whole rest of the plot is going to be. Um, but that when I initially heard about they're making a star Wars film about getting the death star plans, um, there's like a million ways that story could be too big or could be too complicated um, or could be too small, could be too, too easy of a thing. Um, and I think this film just perfectly gives us the right amount of story, a, a part of the world that is tangential to the world that we love, but is still its own unique thing. Um, yeah. The, this being in this room and in this space, which is so familiar, but setting up this adventure, which is going to take us to totally new unique places with even you and new and unique approaches to rebellion and empire and the revolution. Uh, it's just such a, such an excellent touch. Yeah. It, you get a sense of, of, of scale. You get your grand scale with your big planets and stuff, but you also we're we're given this gift of getting to know these characters intimately and their little mini adventure, their fetch quest and their, and their, uh, espionage and and all of that you get a little a little bit of everything along with the grand star wars scale which um 
instead of we're going to defeat the empire, it's we're going to fetch these plans and we're going to accomplish these little goals. It's yeah, you get a little a little bit of both, a little yeah. a, a little bit of big adventure and little adventure. Yeah, feels good. I also I also have been thinking about the the ways that we save the day in stories and uh oftentimes especially nowadays in our superhero movies saving the day comes from beating up the bad guy harder than he can beat up you right (laughs) or than they can beat up you as it were uh and what i think is so good about films like this is that the victory comes when you get the information or when you save the thing or when you accomplish the thing not necessarily when the um the villain has been overcome by a feat of strength um and we're so, winning a battle and not a war we're winning like and this battle is for information and for for something a little more in, intangible than like a defeat or a death or an explosion right and it's not going to be solved by physical aggression it's going to be solved by uh all of these characters bringing their own unique skills and abilities to uh, every aspect of this film from what they do on Jeddah to what they do on uh, um, the second planet. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Uh, Edu. Edu. Thank you. And to what they do on uh, the uh, third planet. (laughs) Scarif. That's right. it's beautiful and this Uh, this shot here of them pulling away spoke a little early but this of them pulling away um and the guy tracking them with the micro binoculars i know we mentioned that before mm -hmm. but um there are extremely similar shots scattered all throughout star wars but specifically in a new hope i believe that are um that, that again give us that sense of scale of this this spaceship and these people are leaving what is a, a like a like a full operation behind this like a massive operation with people doing little jobs like scouts and like filling up gas for for the for the ships and cleaning droids and stuff these like the 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 little people with the little jobs that make the rebellion run you get that little itty bitty glimpse of them and yeah. I, I like that and especially Gareth Edwards does such a good job of the little details of this world to flush it out and mm-hmm. make it feel so real uh, in every in every scene. Well, sure, and and like you mentioned in a previous episode, this camera angle here, where where Saw looks big because Bodhi's kneeling, and we didn't see his face really, really see his face until Bodhi's um, hood was taken off, and. And, and it's little details like that that make Gareth Edwards such an extraordinary director for this project. Yeah. And here's that Sagara so cynicism. He he can't just believe on face value what is being told to him. Mm-mm. He He believes that there's something deeper going on in everything. And it's all about trying to kill him. Borgullet. Um, Borgullet? Like what? Like what's that? <laughs> Poor Bodhi. Yeah. Oh. This oh, the, light. The oh. lighting is so good. 
So here we get, here we actually do get the Star Destroyer emerging point first yeah. through light. And then um, the Death Star emerging in the background. Uh, I love how that second Star Destroyer just blips into the light instantly. Like, you thought that last one <laughs> took time? Here we go. So good. Okay, here's Krennic. He's got another row of uh, of uh, pips on his uh, on his on his badge. Where he's uh, more powerful now than he was before. He only had <coughs> he had a, a row of red. Now he's a row of blue. He's he's been promoted. The the pull focus right there between um, so Tarkin good. and the Death Star is really really good. <laughs> and again, I. You know, we talked about how their choreography in this scene helps them dance back and forth between mm-hmm. the Death Star. But I don't think when we originally talked about the scene, we talked about the kind of like control of the room that they are trying to exert on each other. No, They're both Tarkin trying... has so much control over that space when he makes uh, Krennic switch places. Yeah. And he makes Krennic turn twice to keep his eyes on him. Right. And that's because Tarkin has c- the control of the room. This is Tarkin's space. You also, and again, you, you point it out all the time, but in terms of scale, Tarkin walks over to Krennic and then leans down into his ear to say something to yeah. remind him who's taller. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm taller. I'm bigger. I'm more important. I've got the the title. Grandma. Is he grandma yet? Um, he's... And then, so he walks past Krennic, makes him turn around, walks towards him, leans into him, and then walks past him again, makes him turn around again. It's so, it's so, like, intense. And, and like, kind of a, kind of an F.U. to Krennic. Like, that cut. And he puts her in the hole. That cut between him throwing her into the bed and putting her in the hole. Um, And then, what you pointed out here is that it says trust Galen Galen. Uh, and actually listening to it again this time, it, it's trust on the left side, Galen on the right side. So there's actually some really nice sound design going on there. <laughs> it's beautiful. And then again, the uh, there's like a subtle, hopeful music going on in the background. It's not anxious. It's not action-packed. Uh, and this this sequence for me is just such a good Star Wars moment of looking down at a planet and not knowing what yeah. adventure is awaiting you. And they've just smiled at each other a little bit. Like the the hope there is is so it's it's really strong yeah she gets he gives her the same he says that's jetta here we go we're gonna go down we're gonna find saw they smile at each other and she gets to look out the window and see a new planet approach like when was the last time she was on a new planet like we don't know how long she, i don't know how long she's been in jail for like right she is now back in space and back seeing the galaxy it's probably like really freeing for her too yeah. Also, that little triangle rock shot, I definitely know that we didn't talk about that, but it occurred to me on a viewing or two ago that the uh, ship is setting, is is landing, 
the sun is also setting, but the camera pan makes the sun rise through the frame and then set behind the rock above it. It's just That's a very, so cool. very lovely little detail. I, I mean, I'm not going to say that that means anything with regards to <laughs> the city of Jenna being destroyed or anything. Uh, it's I, just, it's just beautiful. It's just yeah. good. It's just good filmmaking. <laughs> What's odd filmmaking here is I've talked about Jin's hair in the past and that middle part being very 70s. This hairstyle she's got going on right now is a little messier, a little less neat than she's than she just had like on the ship. And I and I think that just might be an error. But um her hair her her bangs were a little fuller and a little less tamed than they were a minute ago. Uh, I think I just <laughs> drop in the bag. It's so good. It's very good. It could also just be that it's very hot on the planet and it's frizzy possible. bangs. <laughs> I think they go they go back to being fairly tame um in the next shot though. No. So we'll see. I hate this guy. Yeah. Oh. I I do like the shot of the eye that is just like a yeah. cloudy wispy white. Yeah. And it it blinks the wrong way like the yeah. best monsters do. <laughs> yeah, he's a wild character design. It really is, honestly. It's the little itty bitty tentacles down in his belly. Those yeah. really, really gross me out. I can't stand him. I wonder what it was like to film this scene. I wonder how, how that happened. Um, oh, I would, I would die for more production photos of uh, this of this movie. I will once we finish the film. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I've seen I've seen a lot, but I really do want more. I want, yeah, I want a shot of uh, what kind of green screen uh, covered fake tentacle are they throwing at Riz Ahmed, and and, and uh, how does it? Yeah, you know, how do they? How do they design it? I don't know. Oh, it's uh, it's what's their name? Uh, Doctor Banana and uh, Harrelson. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's uh, Panda Baba and uh, uh, Doc, Dr. Ev- Evans and Dr. Evans. Dr. Uh, Evans and uh, yeah, I believe those are, those are their names. Yeah, that's right. You've got it. <laughs> I'm never going to remember <laughs> those names. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> I've been trying to steer them into my brain since I messed them up on that one episode. <laughs> such a good line oh, that's such a good line and it gets attributed to jen a lot which of course because she delivers it in such a beautiful way in front of so many people um but that i mean that's cassian's line that's his mm-hmm. that's a bit of 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 optimism from cassian that we don't normally that we don't see. that we don't get that we haven't got i i don't know what if we've had an opportunity to think about Cassian's like outlook on things other than I do what I have to do kind of thing. But you realize that like he does what he has to do to give people hope so that the rebellion succeeds. He's, he's doing his job for a reason and it's more external than I think I've ever given him credit for. I think I I tend to think of Cassian doing things for his own moral code, but thinking the phrase rebellions are built on hope came from him and came from his heart 
it is more about other people and a little more external and about the uh, the cause, but specifically about the people behind the cause. Yeah, especially and, when when we consider that, like later on, he says, like you know, the rebellion took everything from me. I've I've been in this for for my whole life. Um, that's that is a very hopeful and a very optimistic take on this this thing, which has been the guiding force of his entire life that has even led him to kill people even though he may not be necessarily okay with that yeah i i i think i cut it out when we talked about it but he says this town is ready to blow and in a minute the town is literally going to blow up uh which is yeah some some of that good good irony from gareth edwards he has a a few lines like that throughout here yeah (laughs) cassie does not know what a town blowing up really means not yet not yet no (laughs) um (laughs) of course not You know what I like? I like that this movie uh, does a, a couple of times establishes a, a plan. They're like, hey, this is our plan. We're going to go talk to my contact sister. And that's how we're going to get our information. Don't even worry about it. Totally doesn't happen at all. And not only does it not happen, but we don't ever talk. We don't talk about this sister again. Once the plan goes wrong, it's not a, a worse movie here would have that sister rescuing them now and that they still make contact with the contact they were supposed to right. originally meet where they get pulled aside, come in, in here, in here. And she gets pulled into the home and she's like, oh yeah, I'm the contact you were supposed to meet in the first place. Here's my information I have for you. But yeah. once the plane goes wrong, it goes wrong and throws them off course. They still accomplish their mission because they're resourceful and, and, and how and and good at their jobs but yeah a, a worse a worse movie would have taken the line about the contact sister and stuck to it so hard yeah. that it would have um it, it would have uh been a little i don't know deus ex machina right yeah you know nope i know i i also like how the action in the scenes is incredibly deliberate like you don't get a lot of like blurry let's just run around shaky cam kind of stuff oh yeah uh, no yeah we follow our care we stick to our characters and they've we're following their path and we this get is to, a bigger fight that's happening around them that they just happen to get caught up in and we, and get we to deliberately see, stick to them yeah when we get to see what they are doing not just like this blur of action going on like we just yeah. saw three distinct hits it doesn't cut on the hit like a lot of action does like you get you get to watch that you get to watch that katana <laughs> hit right across the helmet. <laughs> did, you, did you know that was me? God, that's so good. Uh, I know exactly what they're doing and I'm totally okay with it. 
Just incredible. Back away slowly. Let's just pretend we weren't here. <laughs> He's so not good on his feet. <laughs> he doesn't know nope. how to improvise at all. <laughs> not one bit. I think the only droids who can, I think, R2-D2 and uh, probably BB-8. <laughs> right. Um, but, like, K2 reminded me so much of C-3PO right there. Like, a, uh, mm, uh, I have an answer to your question, and I will get there eventually, kind of. Yeah, kind I, th of I I think Five. we made the reference as well of uh, uh, Duck in uh, the Adventure Zone Amnesty. Oh my gosh, <laughs> yes. That is a beautiful shot. I love how he uses his religion to disarm them. He he uses his repetition of this phrase to like stop them from just shooting him in his tracks or just going straight after him it allows him to get into the advantage point that he wants to be in um which yeah. is brilliant and then you know once again this is very jackie chan-esque fighting where we get to watch all of the action going on uh we don't cut on the hits it's excellent yeah and i think maybe it's it's too it's it's a a filmmaker's choice but also just how good of um how good these the, these actors are in their like donnie Yen obviously is a really accomplished martial artist but right. also diego luna and felicity jones worked really 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 hard on their stunt work and their their fight scenes and you don't want to cut away when you've got actors that good and that dedicated yeah you want to focus on their faces so you know this isn't a stunt man like that's donnie Yen doing doing his best Right. And it's it's really good. <laughs> He's just sitting on that guy. It's very good. Oh, it's it's I, so inappropriate. <laughs> I also loved the crash plan as this as part of the set piece here. Um again, yeah. it's it's another element of the world that is broken just around them. This whole city was was broken around them, but now it's worse. Right. Well, now that there's been now they're in the aftermath of a battle right here. Yeah. Aftermath of a battle and look, her, her hair is totally back to normal. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> is it? Uh, it was pretty frizzy just a minute ago. Let's get, not let's get as, that. Not as bad as it was up on the... Uh... Oh, yeah. She straightened her hair in between. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I get it. There was pride there, but... It's still the pride of, of who she's related to. I'm the daughter of Galen Ursel. Yeah. And I've, I, I talked about this last time, um, or time before last. Um, when she first gets told, you are the daughter, you are Jen Urso, the daughter of Galen Urso. She doesn't deny it, but she doesn't say anything else. And then this time she says, I am the daughter of Galen Urso. And later we'll get, I'm Jen Urso, daughter of Galen and Lyra. And that, that growth and that development, that change for her is, it's so simple. It's just three little lines of dialogue, but it's, um, it's very telling that yeah. it's, it's not just proud of who you are related to, but proud of yourself by the end and what she's accomplished. And um, I just find that really relatable and interesting. 
also to the to the point of Diego uh, of Cassian never being in a cage before. He tries to escape there and then gets kicked back. Uh, <laughs> while yeah. while the others are like, we don't. We're just gonna nah, you know, nah. sit back here. <laughs> they we just d- walk in. We know how this goes. <laughs> yeah, an itty bitty cantina scene there. Oh, yeah, itty bitty little classic. There's a bunch of of uh, scummy people sitting around. Yep. A couple of drinks on the table, watching a hologram of a uh, of a dancer kind of thing. Yeah. It's a uh, very I, Star Wars underworld. Very, uh, yeah, scum and villainy. I love when he puts Wretched the gun on the table. Uh, yeah. Just like a small moment of just like really good, like uh, just really good visual. Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> I I don't think this scene <laughs> mattered near as much to me until we we really started breaking this down. Um and then I think this is maybe one of the most important scenes for these three characters. This is why they why they bond here and is Jin saying anyone who hurts me or my friends bonds them together, but them sharing a moment here about faith in the force gives them a reason to stick together after this. Yeah. And there's Saw. Oh. oh she wants to smile so... so hard. She does. Oh, Let's let's add to our tally of broken things the broken window behind them. Yeah. A symbol of their broken friendship. Saw just as a person is totally busted up. Yeah. There's a there's a part of this where uh Saw's like conspiratorial brain, his uh anxiety about these things actually has some genuine truth to it and you can kind of see Jin putting together that, you know, maybe Saw had a good reason to leave her behind. Maybe it wasn't just him, you know, abandoning her. Uh that he did actually, you know, have have intention in his actions he wasn't just he wasn't just leaving her senselessly yeah and that's that's important to parallel saw and um and galen so yeah they all had had bigger reasons and bigger objectives that hurt her and none of them wanted to but she as a teenager or younger didn't wasn't able to put that in context of uh well i was I was hurt, but it was for a reason. Doesn't mean anything when you're eight or sixteen years old. Right. It's I've been hurt by my fathers, and that sucks. Yeah. It's yeah. Now she's getting getting a little perspective. It's growing up. It's like a com- coming of age moment. Yeah. Oh.
the it's not a problem if you don't look up line just that was the line that stuck with me from the first viewing of the film i and i still think it's the line that sticks with me the most to this day uh specifically and i know we talked about this in our first episode but in the context of um of the political situation that was going on there um i i had kind of come out of a, a time of political apathy in my life of of just saying you know yeah you know it's gonna be fine we'll we'll have a new we'll have a new government it'll all it'll all work out um but it's not a problem if you don't look up exactly i was saying that exact same thing not two months before this film came out uh and really it, it kind of shakes it's it's good yeah i wish we could roll back a little bit there's a shot that i that i really like a, a visual that i really liked of the the death star is in the shadow of it's like a like it almost looks like an eclipse and, and it becomes um, a little sliver of a crescent yeah um where where it's sitting directly in the shadow that's covering half of jet it looks like the death star is causing an eclipse to happen over the over jetta right even though it's it's not it's too small to to cause an eclipse but not i mean it's not in, in the right position yet either right but it just uh it's it looks like it's casting this huge shadow mm-hmm. over over the uh, the entire planet it's uh it it was really pretty yeah no there's a there's a number of shots here where the death star ironically really looks like a moon (laughs) (laughs) that's Uh, no moon (laughs) even though it's no moon uh and i i love all of the shots and we actually get a bunch of different phases of the moon as the death star is coming in to do this and then waning away from the situation uh, yeah I, I really yeah it was it was the the like crescent there like a like a waxing moon yeah. and then we're gonna get it in its full we're gonna see the whole thing and then we're gonna see it kind of go away yeah it kind of goes through all the phases of the no moon that it really so, is yeah it was a waxing very thin crescent and just there we got another shot where it was slightly more uh slightly more yeah. light on the death star oh boy here we are. Yeah. Oh. I love, I, I mentioned this before, but as he's speaking to Saw, it's it's on Saw, and then the minute he says Jen, it cuts around to Jen. There she is, yeah. And then it's just her. We just focus on her. We get only one more shot of Saw looking at Jen. He's seeing, like stepping back. Right. Yeah. Oh. <clears throat> and i know i know that george lucas has this really hokey line from the filming of the prequels where he says oh it'll be like poetry it, it'll kind of rhyme uh but this scene for me is probably the the best poetry in a star wars film is the interweaving of um the death star and the speech and it's just such a good, such a good intertextual moment um, to have the Death Star and Jin in the same place here. Yeah, absolutely. Look, they, there, it's it's there, a slightly it's like bigger a, than, and it's growing, and it's growing. This is no moon.
I risk failing even now. Ugh. And there's that full eclipse shot. There's the full eclipse. Oh, he says saw the reactor mo reactor module. That's the key. He does address saw there because huh. he's not giving Jin that task. Right. Not if she doesn't want it. He's saying, Jin, here's my message for Jin and saw if you're, you know, you're right. still here. Here's the actual mission part of it. And then again, but Jin takes it on as her own. That that irony that Gareth Edwards pulls away so well of the chain reaction. <laughs> ending, the chain reaction that will start. And there it is, right there. And there's that crescent again. Yep. And even though we've lived in a world so far where so many things have been broken, we haven't actually seen anything like really get destroyed uh, except for maybe the tank but this is true this destructive is, power the full it's, it's destructive falling down around potential them. of the death star <laughs> <laughs> there is no horizon, no horizon. <laughs> <sighs> k is such a good such a good droid All right, I'll get the pilot. He says it so menacingly. <laughs> also, are they? It's gonna literally, take a little bit of pleasure. Are they literally in a in a crypt? Is there a skull in the background there? Yeah, probably. It's like a the catacombs, yeah, maybe like a catacomb of of, the, of an old Jedi temple huh. that's been retrofitted. That showdown over her to protect her. I, I think it's so incredible that this is the moment where he has so much hope. He's no longer skeptical. Um, and it's because he has Jin. Because he believes yeah. that Jin can do this. He has Jin and he dream. thinks she can do it. Yeah. And he's got to see her one last time before he goes. That's like a like a like a loophole that he's closing. Um all right, I've given I've passed this on to my daughter. And she's going to help save the rebellion, save the dream. The next generation, it's their turn now. Oh, it's beautiful. It's so sadistic. He's not wrong. It is. <laughs> from... no, he's not wrong at all. But the but way he says it. He's not considering the human or alien loss here. Right. Cassian looks after Bodhi there. I mean, no, he's doing it out of duty, but it's also part of Cassian's nature, I think, to care for people. Oh, I definitely agree. Why he says agree. rebellions yeah. are built on hope. Never tell me the odds, Kay. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I love this... Uh... I'll, I'll calculate it for you, line that's coming up. This is very good. <laughs> and he rips his support off. And he says, essentially, 
and you, you I'm get gonna a, die like a man. Yeah, and you get to see that first layer of dirt begin to cover him mm-hmm. uh, before the uh, the base is destroyed. Oh, Bodhi can't look anymore. He can't look out the window anymore. He throws himself away from the window because he can't bear to see it. <laughs> also, it's it's really good that Cassian is here and is not emotionally connected to any of this <laughs> because otherwise they would not get out. Oh my god, no, they'd freak. That's but yeah, so gorgeous. It's such a good shot. I think I said it in the episode. It is my favorite cinema cinematographic cinematographic. It's my favorite moment of, cin- of cinematography in a Star Wars film. It's very good. Oh, that glare. Yeah. He thinks his end game is right there and then just snoop. <laughs> Gets taken yeah. right from him. Of his destructive potential. Nice. Oh, oh, what? Oh, what did you just say? <laughs> I love his like half smile. He's putting it all together. He's starting to understand that the person he needed to get him to this position is also the, the one person who is, that's taking it away. Yep, is the person who's taking it away. The yin and the yang. As one rises, the other will fall. We haven't talked about this yet, but there's such a such a fear um, in him in this moment. And it's totally understandable, this absolute fear of, of hearing that the city has been totally destroyed. Because he doesn't know how yet. They've right. not even really heard of the Death Star yet. Right. Not as, it, not as a fact, maybe as a rumor. They're like, oh my god, not only do they have this power, but it took out a whole city. All of it. I I also love the contrast that they're moving at hyperspace and they're all just slowed down to the to the max and very yeah, you, you've got a ship full of sad people here. Yeah.
this is this is another one of those moments where Jin, even while still trying to be politically apathetic or trying to disengage from the world around her, uh, is the center of hope for a group of people. I mean, it'll happen again when she gives the big speech here in a couple of scenes, but but she is the one who can see a bigger picture. And I mm-hmm. think it's I think it's the same ability to see a bigger picture that gives her that political apathy. It you know, it doesn't matter who's in charge as long as I can get get my you know, get my scraps because the whole thing is going to come tumbling at some point. Um, but she's able to now hone that ability to see a bigger picture into a an image of hope and a plan for how to how to stop the continued suffering. Yeah. It makes her a natural leader. Also, I don't think we've talked about how um, Baze has the red breastplate. Uh, yeah. How he's literally turned his faith into a shield uh, oh. so that he can become a soldier. Dang. Uh, Dang, partners. We, we might talk about that in a future episode because that's a good little bit. <laughs> this next episode we're putting out is going to cover this scene. We should talk about that. For sure. In, in, more, in more depth and detail, especially in context with where they just were in that cage and how he was making fun of Chirrut. Yeah. You do. It's a lot of storms. I also think it's really critical that we got that single little shot there of Krennic by himself flying to to deal with yeah. his problems. He doesn't have anyone. Like, they are getting their family. He is alone. Um, and yeah, this family, this Rogue One family has come together and he is alone now. Oof. How? <laughs> Squat up. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> <laughs>
I I love that that Kay repeats the line back perfectly. <laughs> just the whole to, system goes down. Just to throw a wrench in uh, in Cassian's plan here. Yeah, and There's, he's being deliberately rude about it because it's Kay, and that's just like who he is. <laughs> yeah. There's also discord and disconnect in their plan. Their plan here is to separate and and separate and they they don't necessarily trust each other yet and she puts it all together yeah but i like how base says he has the face of a friend yeah i he has the face of a friend he's because Chirrut knows something's up, but trusts Bay's judgment anyways, even though Bay's doesn't have the faith anymore. Well, he it, still relies on him and will trust him to understand the difference between uh, between a, an enemy and a friend. In a certain sense, him saying he has the face of a friend is Bay's having faith in his yeah. ability to make a good choice. Um, where... Uh, uh, Cheer it kind of represents a sort of determinism there. Uh, you know, if the force moves darkly around someone who is about to kill, that's going to happen no matter what. There's, that means he's an enemy. Right. There's there's and, no world in which he doesn't kill. But Bay says, no, he has the face of a friend. Like, right. like, I feel like we can trust this guy. Right. They're, they need each other. I don't need luck. I have you. Uh, and he's like, yeah, Ugh, you're right. <laughs> With what ship K? <laughs> I, again, with scale, love that she looks up that and she's like, yep, let's climb. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm I'm going to climb that. I also love how they're all kind of just positioned. They're all just kind of watching the scene but Jin wants to take action she wants to actually go and confront and be there yeah she's motivated by something more personal than they are and that is it's bad it's bad she's she puts she puts them in danger because they have to go after her she's acting rashly and not with and even though she's usually really good at the big picture she's like no i'm focused on myself and my needs and that's super dangerous she almost gets blown up i also love how the whole world being dark here for the second confrontation that we see between them on screen 
adds oh, yeah. a sort of neutrality between them uh that there's not there's not really a clear white and a clear dark here um well and, right because they're still in their outfits but the whole scene is dark right and that's and that's not necessarily to the way that Jin is looking at the scene like it was before this is because this is Cassian looking at the scene and he doesn't see a difference between Krennic and um uh and, and Galen, uh, Galen. yeah, yeah. I love how he doesn't even have to say anything. They just come around and prepare to execute them. Yeah. It was me. I also, I, knew. I also love how he stands in the way of, of them taking a bullet and they stand in the way of him taking a bullet. It, it's such a good parallelism there. Can't do it. It's such a, it's such a, again, a dominance thing to be like, even your, even your action of trying to save them, you don't get mm-hmm. to save people. That's not your no. job. It's not your job. I'm not going to allow you to have that. And especially because <laughs> what he's trying to do the whole time is save people to take Jin away the savior moment that he's had. Yeah. yeah. But yes, also Jen throwing this Jin trooper off the edge off. is great. It's really good. I love how he includes the last reminder of the Jedi there. Uh, Where have I heard that before? Dang. Yeah, he really cares about her now. <laughs> yeah. He or he just now could not kill her father. I know I think I've said this before. Um and you haven't read the novelization or anything yet. I know you're trying to keep it pure. Mm-hmm. But his thought process while he's staring down the barrel and he's looking right at Galen Urso and can't pull the trigger 
in the novelization, he says he can't do it because he sees Jin's eyes in his face. Yeah. And he's like, well, that's, I can't, no, I can't do it. Like, it's, it's specifically because of Jin that he can't, he can't kill Gale. It's not about, oh, I can't kill a guy. It's I can't kill a guy because he's important to Jin. Right. And, uh, yeah, that Jin, no, is so, like, like it like rips itself out of him. It's it's really good. Oh, this is so good. It's I I love how he how he pulls out this bolt and just shoots the tie fighter out of the sky. Not just that, but that it then blows up part of the base. <laughs> It's perfect. Normally, I would say that kind of additional tension would be hokey in a film, but I I really love that she's so close to her father and just gets one more pushback from Krennic, yeah. one more specifically him keeping them separated. For an extra sentence or two, they could have shared. Yeah. Together. What tragic last lines. I have so much to tell you. Oh, God, that's hard. And once again, Cassian pulling her out of there. Just like in just like in Jeddah. It the whole the whole escape here parallels their escape from Jeddah so directly. Yeah, but this time it's it's Bodhi pulling Cassian inside, right? Instead of Cassian pulling Bodhi inside, it's those little little character developments that happen throughout the film that are so that are so good. This blackout here, 
that light comes up on Jin just so out of her depth, just completely out of her, nothing behind her eyes. Yeah. Is one of my favorite shots, is one of my favorite transitions. But it goes silent right as that blackout yeah. happens. I love that. And I love that Cheer reaches out to grab her hand too. Like he wants to try and stop her, but he lets her go. I love how every shot here keeps both of them in the frame. It It's over the shoulder on both of them. Uh, we, we've had so many shots to separate them, but this argument that they're having is actually p- pulling them together. It's making It's forcing them both to reveal more about who they are and more about it's themselves. incredibly intimate. Right. This Him losing is cool here, right here. Yeah. So intimate. Also, because neither of them know the meaning of personal space, they're just constantly in each other's in each other's space all the time. But this is as close as they get a, too much emotion in this one tiny space. Yeah, oh, that line. I don't have to, and then he walks away. I love Baze leaning back. Oh, Baze. Baze is like, I've had the worst day. Can you stop? (laughs) And then... Mustafar. Anakin Skywalker is so emo. He builds his castle and his base on the spot of his greatest pain. <laughs> like, his wife's death, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's so goth. <laughs> <laughs> the spot where he killed his wife, his best friend betrayed him, and he was He lost to a all crisp. of his limbs. Like, yeah. <laughs> this is where uh, I want to live. This is where I want to set up my summer home. It's literally, and I believe they revealed it recently in a, um, in like a comic, in like Darth Vader comic. I think that he did it. It's he. That's exactly why he's there. Yeah. That's not speculation. He's like, no, I'm doing it to remind myself of the time that I was in greatest pain. It keeps yeah. my anger present, and it, you know that anger that he uses uses to ch- channel the Force and the dark side. Yeah. It's a like dang. Dang Vader. <laughs> I also love the the clear reminder here that there's a human underneath that. And again, a broken human. Uh, yeah. We have to keep being reminded of the broken nature of this world. And to, I think even more than what we see when we see the 
like human head in empire which is such a powerful moment to realize that there's a human underneath there um but here it's we actually see his limbs severed uh, as the bacta tank is draining and yeah we really get that sense of his nature of yeah of the of the of yeah of the brokenness and the damaged man underneath who's making human decisions and and is as much as everybody wants to forget it he's a person he's not a machine yeah He, he has no way to dominate this situation. No. <laughs> cool. Oh, that smile. That sound effect. That's Those two things combine the smile right before the sound effect. And you can see it in his eyes that, oh my God, what's happening? Oh! It's hokey, but it's so good. dang there's there's even like but he a smiles look, again yeah there's a look of hope in his eyes like he's like i've got a shot <laughs> i've got a shot and i and i affected vader enough for him to react like i did that yeah it's pride <laughs> i i i can never see him without thinking of anderson from, anderson sherlock. from sherlock oh my god it's this like every time there he is my husband shut up anderson <laughs> he he does kind of play the same character <laughs> yeah this like deliberate descent yeah Do it, Jed. Do it. (laughs) This evil with this much power. The French horn in the background playing the the Rogue One theme. It's such a nice touch. As a triumph for her. Yeah. The speech. I think that's where she forgives him. Yeah. 
where she realizes that there's there's something inside of him yeah that is really driving him forwards and and again the ability it, to say rebellions are built on hope means that he's yeah that he's got something bigger that he's working towards inside of him and now she finally gets it and that's where she can forgive him right No, just cut between Mon Mothma, Bail Organa, and General Draven. And even though Draven hasn't been on Jin's team by connecting him just now to Mothma and Organa, I think it's like a these were the, these were the people that that would have been on Jin's team. This right. is, this is her side, right? And Draven, yeah, Draven hasn't been awesome yet at at this point, but he will be swayed to help send send people to to her aid to her side there's our boy yep belief This speech, it, it's its the parallel speech to what Jin just gave. This is his confession, his, his arc coming to fruition. Yeah. Oh no, I'm tearing up. This is not a usual spot for me to cry, but Diego Luna's got me. Yeah. Oh. I I also have to say what I think is so so critical through this whole oh, Cassian said <laughs> <Yeah>. I had to. <laughs> this is a very good line. What I think is so critical through Oh wait, we also have to be All right, there come for, on, uh, you got to watch this. Watch this. It's, it's the same Oh, uh, they get so close. Oh, they get so close. <laughs> no personal space at all and it's the same lean in, the same exact distance between them when he says I don't have to. Yeah. And instead, he says, "Welcome home," and because they've they've seen each other as a mirror, and they've seen their own reflections looking back through each other's eyes, and they've forgiven each other and accepted each other's flaws and problems, which makes them such a good team. Puts them on the same wavelength from here on out for the rest of the movie, and why I ship them so hard. <laughs> <laughs> It, it also, I was trying to say it, and then we fell into the rebel captain world. Yeah, sorry, um, I had to. No, it's okay. I, I think it's so critical in this film, and one of the things that it handles so well, that their character arcs are completed. Like, as emotional journeys, they have both grown into the people that they need to be. Uh, and I think it ties back to what you had kind of said earlier. This is kind of a coming-of-age story, 
Mm-hmm. And in the coming of age story, that's the end of the movie is they, they get to the point where they need to be to be adults. And then we let them go and be adults. Uh, but now we have to watch them use what they have grown and how, who they have become to triumph and to overcome. Yeah. Yeah. We see them become adults and then we see them make maybe the most important adult decision that you can make, but is to sacrifice yourself for something that's, that's more, that's bigger than you. It's uh, intense. Oh, it's so good. It it's a very it's a very again subtle scene, just like the one from before that I called out as being very Star Wars. That's also going to like directly connect us into a new hope, but it's such a a perfect little moment. He's just got to throw that in there. Yeah. Always the pessimist via Except statistics. Here, this is a this is a positive outlook. <laughs> that, that's true. <laughs> I can survive in space. He's like, well, I'll be all right. <laughs> I'll be okay. It's <laughs> oh, so good. I also love that the three people at the helm of the ship are all directly connected to the Empire. Uh, that it's yes. the Imperial pilot, the Imperial droid, and the daughter of an Imperial science officer um, that are that are getting them into this. Yep. That look. This touch. <laughs> How can anyone not yeah. I know people who are like, nah, it's totally platonic. I'm like, I mean, yeah, they don't kiss or anything, but there's definitely tension there. I do understand how nice it is to read a film without a romantic plot being at the crux of it. Um, yes, but- and I I agree because them not kissing by the end of it is so um, like revelatory. I, I was so happy that we didn't get that last kiss shoehorned in at the end to kind of like cheapen the moment of their death. Um, But there was so much potential there and that's makes it sad. It makes it even sadder that this, these two people that could have potentially made each other really happy. don't get that chance. Spoiler alert. Yes. I was going (laughs) to say, Um, haven't quite gotten there yet. There's Melshi right there. The, uh, the guy sitting closest to Jin, who she smacked in the face with a shovel like yesterday. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I 
She looks so much like her mom here. Yeah, she really does. <laughs> I have the two of them leaning in just there and smiling and nodding while he says you're the only way out of here they kind of almost look like Bodhi's like parents there for a moment right <laughs> like like you've got a really important job to do here honey <laughs> <laughs> And that's part of that family that they've created, the ability to take care of each other. Yeah. This is this is also a very Star Wars. That's <laughs> so good. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> that shot there of him alone, along with the shot of him alone on his way to Edo, he's running through a lot of stuff in his head in those shots. Yes. Um, on the way to Edu, I think he's processing how could Galen have betrayed him. On the way back, I think what he's thinking about is he heard Jin yell for her father. She yelled, Papa. And he heard it and reacted and like looked back and was like, who would have said that? Like, who's yelling for their father? That's, I think he's thinking about that still. I think yeah. something about that moment is still kind of ringing through his head, like, like something was not right about my confrontation with Galen on Edu, and I'm here to to not just figure out if Galen ruined the Death Star, but maybe to figure out what that was what what all of that was about. I mean it might be a little too much speculation, but I think that because he looked back at Galen's body yeah. on his way out and to I think make sure it was dead. Yeah, but I also, like, he definitely heard and reacted to Jin yelling, and <laughs> that was funny. Um, yeah, but I, I also think that you're you're spot on in that Darth Vader has just told him that he needs to make sure all the holes are plugged, and he's thinking through yeah. all the holes, and that is... And he's like, one, one of, of those hole. holes was, was that daughter, was that child there? And why would she be there? And... No, it couldn't be. But maybe, like, I think, yeah, I think that's one of the, he's he's going through some stuff on those long alone shuttle rides. 
and uh, his black stormtroopers there just ain't they ain't talking about it <laughs> no no <laughs> do you gotta be like that k again <laughs> i'm sure there's one just lying about Ugh. And I, I think I mentioned this earlier, but I love the way that the plan here is reliant so much upon them uh, all working their strengths and not splitting up in the way that they split up on Edu out of distrust, but splitting up as a way of using their the fact that they all have the sense that they're all going to get back together as a way to to give them strength. Um, make yeah. 10 men feel like 100. Exactly. Spread out, sneak around, do that that guerrilla warfare stuff that that Saw was really into. Yeah, it's it's definitely make, a Saw guerrilla technique. And make the whole thing feel bigger. That's why right. and also when Bodhi hops on the on the on the comms and starts trying to screw them up too, that's his strength. Right. And his specialty, he knows the lingo and he knows how to how to sound like an imperial cuz he was one, that's his strength. Right. I love the flickering of the eyes. That's a really, really cool little detail. Yeah. I also love how K is always wrong. His, oh, yeah. His statistics never actually pan out. Just like statistics are. You know, that's the way that statistics work. It's just a number. Right. I, I love the explosions all across the island. D don't know where they are. Don't know where it's coming from. There could be uh, there could be a hundred of them. There could be a thousand of them. There could be ten of them. They don't know. There's there's no information from all of those explosions. They that that uh, Krennic can you know surmise. Right. There's a lot of them. Even even with his machine blaster, he yeah. can't take them all out.
Tarkin puts it all together in an instant. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I think the thing about this is that Tarkin is, like, infinitely smarter and better than Krennic. Yeah. <laughs> which is the worst part. It's one of those things that makes us actually empathize with Krennic just a little bit is, you know, he is the <laughs> he is yeah. in this position that he belongs in. He probably doesn't deserve a, <laughs> deserve a promotion at all. <laughs> no. No, he does not. I mean, he He's couldn't not. even build the Death Star himself. He He needs someone else. Yeah. Are they related? Is it the mustache? Yeah, they just have beautiful mustaches. I know, they're beautiful. Mm. <laughs> Mon Mothma knows husband. what's up. <laughs> oh, she knows exactly what's up. <laughs> and she's... Oh, no. I also I also think uh, going back to what I was saying earlier about you know there are these narratives that we tell about how we save the day how how the ending happens and whether it's beating them or this or that um, and C two C three PO and R two there um, it's so good but With the music behind them it's yes very good. Uh, but I I think it's it's important that the reason that Jin and Cassian and the rogue one crew go to Scarif is to get these plans is to is to find the thing that will help stop suffering in the future that's yeah. not the reason why the rebel alliance goes there they go there to save the day to might makes right shoot them up to save their their own um, yeah um like Jin says we've got to go get them and the, really one of the only senators around or one of the only um council members around the circle that agrees with her is um Admiral Radis, the Mon Calamari representative, who is like, I say we fight, 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 fight. Like, that's what he wants to go to Scarif to do. Right. He's like, well, we got, yeah, yeah, let's start a battle. Let's pick a fight on their turf. Let's do it. And that's not what um, Jen wants at all. No, she just wants to get the, she just wants to get the plans. She wants to help. She can see the Also, they picture. did not, both of them need to hold that guy's hand up. They did not need to be that close together. No. <laughs> well, I mean... They needed to, but yes. not for any practical reasons. <laughs> no. <laughs> for each other. Pace, run. <laughs> A lot of the merch that come that came out of uh, Rogue One, and of course I've been trying to collect it all or as much as I can, <laughs> but so much of it is beach-themed with, um, with AT-AT walkers. Huh. on it it's like t-shirts and that's a beautiful shot um it's very good there's just um it was like a like a big focus i think because this would be our first like canonical look at a at a walker like uh, like chronologically oh um, right this is the first this would have been the first time that any maybe any of the rebels have seen a walker because this takes place before we see them on hoth right uh, isn't uh, there a walker in uh, Jakku or Jeddah? Uh, there's one of the littler ones. Yeah, but yeah. One just, of a, the just a little one man. Like the but, ATST, I think they're called. Mm, but the ATATs, the big guys. Right. Yes. Um, correct. This is like our our big um, 
our big look at them. And, and so it made such an impression on the merch for this, uh, for this film that I was like, I really don't care that much about the ATAT walkers. I want more of the rogue one crew. I want the people. I want the, right. um, I want Jin Erso's face on all my t-shirts forever. And it was really <laughs> hard to find. Yeah. And I Anton, still don't have one. Anton Merrick merch is just non-existent. Nope. I've got a little Lego minifig though. That's it. <laughs> That's it. And it's beautiful. Thank you, Ponders. You're welcome. <laughs> um, I, I think we've talked about this. Those are CGI ships, right? They are not models. I, I don't believe they're models, no. But they look <sighs> They look like incredible. models. I, I think, I think what, what's beautiful is that they have made CGI ships that look like models. <laughs> yeah they don't yeah, look like the, perfect cgi ships they are made to look like the models from the original it's so good it's such a yeah. good detail they're so good at changing their plan on a fly <laughs> yes exactly when a plane goes wrong you fix it and you know not you don't the plan just doesn't magically come together because right. they're tacticians and soldiers. They're flexible. Oh. I love that he sees something as unexpected. Uh, it melts my heart. That's. Yeah. It's got to be think... hard to trick a droid like that. I, I honestly think um, if you are going, when we do make our three-hour Droids Rights podcast uh, episode, <laughs> um, even if we weren't doing a show about Rogue Rogue One, you would have to talk about K. Because I think he is probably the best example of character development and actual intention within a droid. Um, yeah. Uh, whereas, you know, even C-3PO maintains the same he doesn't have a character arc he doesn't ever gain courage he is the cowardly lion from start to finish right oh there's my shot there's your shot there's a shot of my husband <laughs> uh yeah uh, we don't usually get a lot of of character arc and you know what like mm, i only saw solo the once and i liked it and l3 was like an important like step in that droids rights podcast that we're definitely going to make someday yeah um L3 was important, but she, her intentions and her goals and her like strengths didn't really change or grow throughout. She had a very established character right. that I think wasn't so much affected by the world around her as she affected, she affected the world around her. Right. You know, um, and Kay lets other people like people's attitudes and and their actions influence him and how he reacts to things and he he's like uh, as close to human i think as we see any droid get right which is not to say all characters need to go through an arc there are like no there's important characters who like l and solo just affect their world but it's so good to see it with k yeah it's 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 fascinating. It's interesting. And yeah, and if everybody did it, then it would be, you know, if every droid was like that, it wouldn't be so special, I think, when we see Kay do it. 
Also, I love the shot continuity of continually moving from moving towards the left side of the screen. It's maintained yes. in every single shot through that whole run. And then we look up. That's yes. That's... And that's that's an exact parallel of the look up shot from when they were on Edu, when she looks up at the at the um uh, ladder. Yeah. You pull up and go and and lean back and see the 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 scale that you have to overcome. Yep. He's such first a smart droid. First thing he does, locks them inside. Yeah. <laughs> oh, duck. <laughs> There's one. <laughs> yeah, okay. I I do love the the way that K's turn around and shoot draw looks just like Like Han Solo. Well, just like Han Solo, but also just like Cassian in that first scene where he turns around yes. to shoot the two. It, it's yeah. that same. It's that same. He's look. Learning from Cassian. Yeah. It's also very I'm... Western, and I love Westerns. So. Yes. <laughs> yes. I I do have to say, as a little bit of an amateur sound designer, I love the sound design for this film. Uh, Moving back and forth between the the radio audio and the uh, actual audio, and it's so good. Yeah, it must have been really difficult because it sounds awesome. <laughs> I don't know anything about sound design at all. I just know that I really love how it sounds. Yeah. For Jetta. Hell yeah. Also, troop reinforcements who 100% do not make it. No. I I don't know if it's going to happen right now, but in a second when they come up with this plan, it's it's my favorite. We are getting close to, oh, I think, maybe the, they, the best they space battle. The, oh, yeah. The best yeah. space battling that we see in a single, in a Star Wars film. <laughs> Get him, Merrick. That's my husband. He did that. He blew that guy <laughs> up. The two creations come together again. So good. 
I also, again, it's a small detail, but they have to work together there. Even while he's fighting to the death, they have to work together to get it. it it's never the actions of a single person. They're constantly working as a team. It's such yeah. a good way to tell a story and a collectivist narrative. And we don't usually get those in Hollywood. So. Oh, no. Uh, it's his best friend. I've never felt for a droid like I do for Kay. It's absolutely incredible. I mean, that self-sacrificial that that they're all doing, but he does it first. This is that this for me. The first time I saw it, this was the beginning. I was like, as soon as Kay died, I was like. Oh no, I don't think anybody's going to make it out of here. I thought maybe, maybe somebody might, one person might. I had no idea what we were about to get. Yeah. But Kay's death was the first indication for me that this was not a normal Star Wars movie. Yes. You can do it, Bodhi. Oh no, that was his friend. <laughs> no, no, no. Goodbye, my love. Good night, sweet prince. <laughs> I love the almost slow motion nature of the of the glass falling there. It's a very good touch. Yeah. They're fine. <laughs> They'll be fine. It's good. <laughs> they're on fire, but they're fine. We watched them crash on Edu harder than that. Yeah. Here we go, our death troopers. Also, let's just change back into our normal costumes real quick. We got plenty of time. Yep. Easier to move in. Also, let's be naked in front of each other for just a moment. Yes, yeah, yeah, he definitely helped her pull that vest off. Who's counting? (laughs) No, Mel, she, no. A leap of faith. You know, it's very Last Crusade-esque as soon as you said that. Mm-hmm. You need to know the name. You need to make a leap of faith. It's good. It's a fetch quest. <laughs> it's literally, it's a, it's a, in a video game, <laughs> you're 
you've just got to fetch the the single item and accomplish the single thing and you've got a series of problems in your way but you've got to get the plans yeah it's a There's that like thing that falls off the edge there. And every time I watch this, I think those are the plans. And I go, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> and, and then I see them in Gentan. I'm like, oh, thank goodness. Oh, well, you did it. <laughs> Maybe this time they lose the plans. Maybe this time they all live at the end. We don't know. Maybe. Let's watch well, and find Melchie, out. No. <sighs> it's such an acceptance. And again, this this narrative in, intercutting that Gareth Edwards does so well to make such excellent poetry in these scenes. It wouldn't be a Star Wars movie if somebody didn't fall down a chasm like that. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Little did they know that this would be the moment that Chirrut cursed all deaths, all stormtroopers with the inability to aim. <laughs> oh, that's what he was doing. <laughs> you did it, Chirrut. You did it. No. He heard that voice again. He didn't get to see her. She's on the other side of the pillar, right? Yeah. He, the, the, I think what's beautiful, it actually has, and I think I might've mentioned this before, but you know, everybody says about, I think the, the fifth element, like, Oh, the, the beautiful thing is that the bad guy and the hero never meet each other. Like they, mm-hmm. they're always doing this and that. That literally happens here. And it's not like some hokey yeah. thing that people call out because it's so well handled that they are playing opposite sides of the same political game, uh, of the same military game. And yeah, getting to that point where he thinks that his enemy is the people who won't promote him. He doesn't For know sure. who his real enemy is. Also poor Chirrut. <laughs> Well, support you. I'm one with the force, and the force is with me. But then Bay says, the "Force with, was is with me, and I am one with the forest." He kind of, it's not really an inverse because you're just repeating the same phrase over and again. But right, he, but he it's he a starts, mirror. There are mirrors to each other. He starts it on the other half. That. Oh, this is so, so good. So good. I love I love how he yells down at the planet. <laughs> like he, that's who yeah. he's talking yeah. to. Yeah. He has to look
and and I, I I love that he also sees the the ship being disabled. He's a very visual learner. It's a small character detail you get about this. No one. Yeah. Oh, no, buddy, go. no. Oh. A music change. Everything changed there. The when whole Rogue design. One, the ship. When Rogue One, the ship blows up. Bodhi, the heart of the ship, the ship itself blows up. Yep. Everything is different now. There's fewer people to fight. The sound is different. The music is different. The sky is a different color. And he has, he looks back. As Chirrut is the symbol of Baze's faith and he looks back on him and is okay with dying in that moment. He re-embraces his faith. again. Yeah. What does that thing even do, really? <laughs> I love that scene. I love that scene so much. It's cute. It's just it's, a... She's so spry and... It, it's just a good little Star Wars challenge. <laughs> it's a video game though that's it like that's when i'm when i'm saying fetch quest yeah. it's like a you're playing any old video game uh, it's like a like a zelda game and all of a sudden you've got or a mario game and you've got to run through your open close yep. patches real quick it's like the like in the phantom menace with the um with the, uh, with the laser doors yeah. at the yeah. end laser shield things that keep uh obi-wan and qui-gon from each other But uh, we're not we're not making the fun to menace yet. So no, <laughs> no, maybe someday. <laughs> That's a movie I don't think I could watch every month. No, I don't think so either. I don't hate it, but I don't want to watch it every month. <laughs> no. alone again yeah oh here it comes i love this is so <laughs> awesome this is so good what do you think maybe just maybe we're gonna make it out of this oh <laughs> uh, even the music oh uh, he does such good destruction scenes <laughs> it's just beautiful Oh, it's beautiful. Fun <laughs> girl. Once again, blown back, just like on Edu. All these, all these sections have parallels in them. Yeah, they all, they all have moments that kind of echo each other, so that they can, they can tell a cohesive narrative. So that the struggles that our characters are going through don't just dramatically change from from moment to moment. It's a sign of such brilliant storytelling. 
Like I, like I was saying, or like we were saying before about the characters marrying each other too. Um, these scenes mirror each other. Right. It's, everything is, is mirrors in poetry, like you said. And Jenner, so I thought I'd kill you there. You'll never win. You'll never win. You've lost. She is the messenger. Mm-hmm. I also love that hers is not a story of revenge. Um, and it's not her place it could be, to kill him. But it's not. But it's not, yeah. Oh, such good space junk destruction. <laughs> there it goes. Once again, he pulls her back. It just shows up over the horizon. It's this time it's the sun. It's not the moon. It's not the sign of night. It is the sun rising. Oh. And that note that plays that like where the the music drops away and it's just the one string. It's again the isolation of Krennic, the isolation of of uh Galen that those characters have it's paralleled in their in their creation the death star and not paralleled in jin cuz while the death star will go down alone jin will go down holding on to her love Absolutely. also they just kissed in the elevator See, they super just kissed in that <laughs> elevator right it was so romantic but it's desperate and i think coming to terms with the with the fact that they're about to die together. I love the glow <laughs> of green in his eye as he sees his own weapon pointed at him. Ugh. How beautiful is it now, Krennic? <laughs> oh, this shot too. And that slight change in the music again. Those violins. Ugh. <laughs> there it goes. There's Radis. Bye.
And also, just like their character development isn't the end of the film, their characters aren't the end of the film. That's what, in telling this like political rebellion story, it gets it so right is that this is part of a much larger story going on. And and part of that is because they need to connect it to the next film. They need to get us ready for <laughs> for us to watch Wait. A New Hope. Yeah. But they they're bringing it together. Because they're just a part of this story. They're not the main characters of this saga, of this narrative. The movie goes on without them. It has to. So iconic. Oh. So good. <laughs> oh, it's so scary. And you think there's destructive power in the Death Star. <laughs> Watch what this one man can do. They don't stand a chance. That was particularly cruel, swiping yeah. back on the guy who was holding on the ceiling. Hey, look, it's Gareth Edwards <laughs> turning on a light switch. <laughs> you did good, Gareth. We're proud of you. Oh, I love that he's standing on the edge of space, just the brink of the abyss. And that is the exact opposite camera angle of what we're going to get in the very first shot of A New Hope. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Prepare the escape pods. Because uh, that's what they... That's what the droids used. Uh. Hi, Carrie. Such a good... Oh, no, you got ending. me, Carrie. Help. <laughs> uh. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh, no, Carrie got me. All right. I teared up twice and in different spots than usual. Nobody's death got to me this time. It was now this time watching it. I think it's because I got to watch it with you. The lines about hope and the lines about uh, Cassian's speech to Jin about why they do what they do and Carrie Fisher showing up right there at the end saying hope. That's what that's what brought me to tears this time on this watch yep. was was the the I was I think watching with you and talking about it and and a, being able to look at it from at, from a positive perspective was um was I I think really uh that was really nice. I feel really good about that. Good. Yeah. Uh How I, do you feel? I also feel good. I I didn't tear up much this time i find when when we're watching it with other people it's hard to focus on the emotional uh Mm -hmm. elements of like the deaths and stuff like that um but i definitely i think also just like you uh cassian's speech stuck out to me this time a lot yeah um and 
also like this narrative of of being broken and this idea of Cassian can do all of these things can be this broken character but he he says rebellions are built on hope and his ability to say that gives him so much credence and so much power um validates his character in so many ways um yeah which is really absolutely good. it's really really good and a really good um a really good reason why they've decided to focus on on him and give him a, a show that i'm just so thrilled for it's yep. gonna be so good it'll be good thank you so much if you've made it if you made it this far you're still <laughs> with us thank you so much for joining us on this on this uh on this rewatch and um and this really awesome uh, six ish months that we've been doing this it's been uh it's been a wild ride and yeah, and uh, thank thank you all so much for listening. I, I mean, I think Alice and I had no idea we would find so many people who would want to listen to us talk about Rogue One every month. Uh, but <laughs> your support and uh, the people in the Discord and the people on Twitter who shout us out, uh, you all mean mean the world to me and Alice. Uh, and we want to keep doing this and keep making it better for you. So we have plans for things to do in the new year uh, that, that you will see as we move into the second half of our first year being a podcast. But uh uh, yeah, until then, uh, Alice, may the force be with you. May the force be with you. <laughs>